0: episode 24 hearts and minds with OCD I'm your host Ryan and you guys will be hearing from myself and Chuck as well as a few other people in just a few minutes wanted to kind of do just a quick intro kind of give you guys an idea of what you're gonna be facing in this episode, what you're gonna be hearing actually today and maybe some give you some insights to maybe some hiccups that we ran into uh, while trying to get episode 24 completed. About a little over a week ago, we had uh, gotten together, Chuck and myself, and decided that we were going to record episode 24, and it was going to be your regular covering the issues, talking about the the comics that came out, talking about a lot of the feedback uh, from you guys, the listeners, answering some voicemails, all that type of stuff. Also, what we had planned for later that evening is we were going to be guests on another comic book podcast called OCD, and it was Obsessive Comics Disorder Podcast. And the reason why we were going to be guests on there is because they were going to be doing a Book of the Month special spotlight on G.I. Joe hearts and minds. And since we obviously already covered it on our show and we were deemed their experts, they asked us to come on. and. How we got connected with them was Dr. Quest on the forums. He listened to their show and recommended them to, since they were going to be covering this book, to have Chuck and myself on the show. That day, uh, we were supposed to record with them about 7 o'clock. So we figured, well, we should be able to get our show in as far as episode 24, and then we'll take the actual show with them and put them with us on either episode 24 or 26 or something like that. What happened was I ran into a lot of traffic, ran into a big problem at work that I had to stay later for, which caused the problem with the traffic. And because of all of that, I didn't get to my house until well after six o'clock. It was probably like 6.15, 6.30 almost. So Chuck and I immediately started recording. And we got about a half hour into the show. Then we realized we were going to have to stop and we were going to have to pick up again after we were done with OCD. Well, we got on Skype with them and one of the hosts had not realized the time that we were recording. So he was actually a little bit late. He didn't come on until about 740. So there was Dr. Quest, uh, myself, Chuck, and one of the hosts, Kathy. She was on the line with us and we were just kind of chatting, waiting for Chris to come on the line with us. Well, Chris finally came out about 7.40, and we did about an hour show with them and we really went in depth into G.I. Joe Hearts and Minds. Well, at that point, obviously it was almost nine o'clock, and we just decided, you know what? After this was all done, you know, we had a good time, and we'll just finish recording the episode that we had started some other time. And So what you're going to actually hear in this episode is you're going to hear that interview where we were the guests on OCD. Believe it or not, this is going to be probably the only time or at least one of the only times that this is actually going to be a clean podcast. So this episode in particular, you can feel free to play in front of your kids. I don't recall any of us using any bad language in the episode or anything like that. No, we're not going to that format for our show, but... Like I said, for those of you that were concerned about playing it, you know, playing our episodes in the car where your kids could hear them or something like that, feel free to play this one because there's really no bad language in it, and there's just a good in-depth discussion of hearts and minds. A little bit different format than what you guys are used to as far as with Chuck and myself, but I think you'll agree we bring a lot of insight to their show and, and brought a little bit of levity and everything else as well. So we did have a good time with them. We we thanked them for having us on on their episode. And uh, before we get into that, just want to let you know, you guys know what's coming up and kind of cover a couple of things that I wanted to mention in episode 24, but it'd be a little too late if I hold off on them. So, so this episode is going to come out, then we're going to have episode 25, and I know I mentioned, Chuck and I both mentioned in the past having some of the, uh, you listeners on for episode 25. Well, we didn't realize when episode 25 was going to really fall into place, and where it's going to fall into place is we're actually going to be out at Super Show. You guys have heard us talk about that convention. We're really looking forward to it. We're really getting pumped about it. We're hoping we'll have a chance to speak with a few creators out there. Get maybe some brief interviews and everything else. And so, episode 25 really plan on being a big extravaganza type episode. Usually 25th, 50th, you know, number 10. All those type of shows. Usually, in the early stages, trying to make them a little bit bigger than than normal. So, that's what you're going to get with episode 25. So, if anything this episode's kind of the calm before the storm we're gonna have we're gonna be meeting up with some of the guys from DC noise so you'll probably hear some of them on, on that episode we'll be meeting up with the Et- exploring the multiverse guys you'll probably hear them we'll be meeting up with uh, some of the creators that are there are going to be guys from the geek savants podcast so I'm hoping maybe I'll be able to have a chance to sit down with them and kind of talk about stuff they're working on and you can kind of hear what they're like and uh yeah there's a couple other ones in there uh, a couple other people in there I'm, i'm in contact with and i hope that i get to arrange something something with them soon so look forward to that like i said episode 25 will just be hopefully a nice big huge episode with a lot of fun stuff for you guys to listen to a lot of banter of course chuck and i will record on our long drive that we have and you'll probably hear a lot of arguments and 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 whatever the stuff you guys come to expect from us. So so look forward to that. Couple other things before we get into the actual episode, uh, episode that we did with OCD. One is and uh oh, 812 yeah, you could take you could take the blanks out because Chuck's not here so I'm not worried about you hitting anything for a Star Wars blaster shot. All right, so couple things I noticed coming up, and the reason I wanted to cover it this time is because there's always going to be new stuff coming up with Star Wars references to things. So one is if you guys have seen the commercials for the new Arthur movie, not a movie I think needed a remake. I thought the original with Dudley Moore was phenomenal and it was good enough. Not looking forward to the remake, but the one thing I did see in the commercials for it is... They have Hobson, which in the original movie, Hobson was a male butler. And this one, it seems like it's a female nanny or I don't know. I don't know what the relation is. But Hobson is a, is a woman. They, there's a scene where she's in the hospital and Arthur comes to visit her. And he puts a Darth Vader mask on her, like a respirator, and has her talk. So I thought that was kind of funny to something totally obscure that you throw a Star Wars reference into. The other thing I wanted to mention is a website that my wife actually got me looking at, and she's always making comments from, and I thought you guys might want to check it out sometime. It's called Ruminations.com. It's R-U-M-I-N-A-T-I-O-N-S.com. All it is is a website for people to kind of put their funny thoughts about things in life. You know, like, why, why is it called a driveway when you park in it, and why is it a parkway when you drive in it? Things like that, but a lot funnier than that. I mean... Couldn't think of anything off the top of my head. But there was one post, and she loves to tell me the ones where they're little geeky references, but they're just hilarious. So one was a guy posted, uh, is it wrong of me to think of Star Wars every time I hear about rebel forces invading a country? I found that pretty humorous. So it's just something that sticks in your head, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. So those are just a couple of the Star Wars blaster shots. That I wanted to cover here with you guys. The other thing I wanted to cover with you was. uh, Okay, another uh, big ammo dump here for you. Alright, so what I wanted to cover in this ammo dump, because I know I'm going to have something for next time, is Godzilla Kingdom of Monsters number one. Now, there was a big campaign for this comic where any store that ordered 500 copies or more could actually have their cover to their issues that came to their store with Godzilla stomping down on their store and all of them running out of it. And there was a local shop here called John and Carol's that bought enough. Their issues haven't come in yet. I don't know what the delay is. They told me there were some issues with changing the cover a little bit hoping they'll get it soon, but they were kind of telling me the process they went through, and it was really kind of neat because they would actually get proofs of what their cover would look like, and they could ask for changes, and sometimes if the publisher felt like there needed to be a change, then he would send it to them saying, hey, we don't feel like this person is, is accurately depicted here. We were thinking about changing it. What do you think about that? To give you an example, there's a mother of the owner that works there, and she helps run it, And she, they didn't feel like she was running fast enough. So they wanted to draw her differently. So they had to send another proof for them to approve it. I thought that was kind of neat to get the inside scoop on how this whole cover thing worked. Well, one of the covers that I did receive was through DCBS. You've heard us mention them several times. Well, DCBS, of course, had 500 or more copies. And I actually did get the issue of... Godzilla's foot stomping down on DCBS's store, because they do have a brick-and-mortar store as well as the online stuff. I also did get the Eric Powell cover that was a fold-out cover, a gatefold fold-out cover, and it had Godzilla and uh, Ghidorah and Rodan and just a bunch of the, the different monsters. I know there's a lot of controversy right now with Eric Powell, you know him saying, "Oh, you should be buying independent books and everything else." And here he is; he's on a property book. So the guy's a hypocrite. Okay, you know, let's let call it what it is. The guy's a hypocrite. He, you know, he calls everyone out saying that you know you're an idiot if you buy Marvel and DC, but then he's doing a large property book like Godzilla. So it is what it is. I couldn't, you know, I'm not going to let some Creators' controversial comments and everything else impact me from getting a story that I wanted to read. I wanted to read Godzilla. The book came out. I didn't even know who the creators were on it. I just saw Godzilla and wanted to check out at least the first issue. I will say the issue is awesome. It is action right from the beginning. It's obviously a quick read because there's not going to be a whole lot of text when it comes to Godzilla, but you obviously get the uh, words from those are facing things around them i will give you a spoiler alert i'm going to spoil a couple things in the issue so if you have not read it and you want to read it skip ahead about probably two three minutes uh probably won't even take me that long but one of the things i noticed is that they were not afraid to have death with godzilla which just makes perfect sense like no one's getting out at the nick of time in fact when they first opened godzilla's approaching this beach, he comes up out of the water and there's these kids that were playing in the sand and then they notice his tail come up out of the water and next thing you know, they're being picked up with all the sand and it's Godzilla's mouth and if you look at the splash double page where Godzilla's actually coming up out of the sand from the beach, if you look up at his mouth, you can actually see the two little kids hanging from his teeth and you just have to assume that because the sand was falling that they were standing on that they are going to plummet to their death afterwards. Then there's a, a few page later, an old lady that walking with her cane and the crowd is running from Godzilla and she falls. And this one guy stops to help her up. And just as he's helping her up, boom, Godzilla's foot comes down and there is no sign from that foot that these people escaped it. So there's death. They also explain how Godzilla gets his fire breath, which I thought was done very well. I am looking forward to more issues of this. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with it. I'm, of course, looking forward to more monsters. Godzilla is something I grew up with as a kid. I know Chuck, he did as well. In fact, at some point in the future, we might do a a whole monster special and feature Godzilla or something like that. We've talked about that possibility. There's just a lot coming up. So With that, uh, that's really all I wanted to cover. Like I said, I just wanted to cover the, the Star Wars blaster shot. And also the ammo dump with you guys real quick. Just some things I didn't want to wait on. And uh, if you're going to Super Show, it's in Redding, Pennsylvania. We'd love to see you there. Chuck and I will probably each have like a little name badge that says Star Joes and has our name on it. So it'll be easy to spot us. And, uh, yeah, we hope we see you there. If not, look forward to a lot of great stuff in Episode 25 when that comes out, including some contest information. That's right, we're going to have another contest coming up. And I'm going to release what you need to know in episode 25 in order to win. And this is open to anyone. Yes, even our international people. So, yes, I will pay. I know it's a, it can get expensive, but I will pay for something to be shipped out to our international people if they win the contest. So, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be hard. But, you know, just wait for episode 25. But with that, I'm going to go ahead and stop now. And this way, you can hear Chuck, myself, Kathy, Chris, and one of our forum listeners, Doctor Quest, who also goes by Chris, and or whose name is also Chris. And uh, we'll go ahead and turn things over to OCD.
1: welcome to a very special segment or episode i still don't know how i'm going to do this yet of ocd in case you're not sure who i am or my voice sounds unfamiliar to you my name is chris renshaw and i am one of the hosts of the obsessive comics disorder podcast and we have assembled a mass of people to talk about our book club book this month so i'm going to start us off by uh Introducing us around the table, or at least around the fictional table that is in my head. Like I said, my name's Chris, so we do a podcast at uh, OCDcast.com. And I'm going to imagine to my right hand side is going to be my co host. That is Kathy.
2: Hello, Chris. This is a really awesome table.
1: It's round. All right. Everybody (laughs) use your brain power. It's a round table. Uh, And really great quality wood. And yeah, (laughs) it's (laughs) good. So how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I'm doing just snazzy, just about as awesome as last, yesterday. Excellent. And completely not prepared. All right. So <laughs> I'm going to assume the next to Kathy would be the other Chris. Uh, you may know him better as Dr. Quest. We've had him on our episodes before. Hey there. Glad to be back. And I, I just want you guys to know, not only are we picturing this in our heads, But if I had the Ustream going, you would actually see me pointing as if you were actually there sitting across the table from me. That's because I am that delusional.
2: (laughs) I am drawing the table, just,
1: (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And then, next, and then as we make our circle back around, we are joined today by two very special guests. We have Ryan and Chuck from the Star Jones podcast.
0: And uh, I, th- I think we're at the kids' table. I think we sat at the wrong table.
1: <laughs> That's all right. We we didn't make a reservation big enough. Oh, okay, good. That's where all the fun stuff is. Right. Yeah, we're
3: usually placed at the kids'
1: table anyway, so it's okay. Why don't you guys, uh, since uh, there's a possibility, since this is probably going to be mostly on our show, and people may not be familiar with your show, uh, give us just a quick rundown of what you guys do. Sure. Uh,
0: well, we're the Star Joe's podcast. It's kind of an amalgam uh, where the name came from was Star Wars and G.I. Joe. And what we cover is we cover Star Wars and a lot of your, like, 80s properties that came out. Uh, the toys, the comic books, the cartoons. And really the reason why we cover them is because these properties are still alive and kicking today. There's G.I. Joe comic books out there, Transformers ones. Uh, about to have a Thundercats cartoon coming out. So basically if you name an 80s property that was a toy, a comic book, a cartoon or all three together, we either are covering it or eventually will cover it.
1: Nice. The pop culture just goes in circles. Right. I would agree
0: with that. And on top of all that, one of the things that we seem to specialize in for some reason is our banter with each other. Because even though Chuck and I enjoy the same properties and the same genres and everything else, we don't see eye to eye on them all the time.
3: Yeah, we seem to have different points of view on it. I'm mostly right and he's mostly wrong. Uh, I wouldn't
1: go that far. (laughs) Kathy and I wouldn't know what that's like because we totally agree on everything.
2: (laughs) Yes, yes, indeed.
1: All right. Well, you guys have been hearing us tease about it for uh, a couple weeks now that today we are talking about our quote-unquote book club book of the month. And that is – and the reason why we have, more importantly, these so-called experts – at least that's what Dr. Quest made you guys out to be. Um, so don't disappoint. I I hope
0: we are. We'll we'll do our best. We can fake it really well. That is true.
4: Wait, hang on. The check hasn't cleared yet, so yeah. we'll, we'll hold off on the word
0: expert. <laughs> right. You can edit that out
1: that's, there.
4: Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't do editing. Shh,
1: whatever.
0: <laughs> that's the only way I can make us sound good is by editing.
1: <laughs> oh, I just make the disclaimer at the beginning of the show that I'm not good. Oh, okay. And then anything better than that it just makes me look that much better there you go we
0: should try that yeah maybe <laughs> but no but yeah we are we are very well versed in when it comes to uh, gi joe which i know is what we're covering today so
3: yes so th- thank Specific- you very much more for uh, letting us on we're happy to talk about it
1: oh i'm more than happy to talk comics with other people but in specifically we're talking about gi joe hearts and minds it's uh, a book done by max brooks who many of you may know as the best-selling author of World War Z, and I only know that because it says it on the cover of this book. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so um, I'm just going to say at random, let's go... Chris, why don't you give us a brief explanation of what this book is about?
4: Well, at first, I when I saw the solicitations for the individual issues, I was almost concerned that there was going to be like origin stories again. But uh, fortunately, I picked up just two of them because at the time I didn't have a comic shop. So ordering from DCBS, I was able to get the like first one pretty cheap, and I believe it was the um, the the let's see, Fireflies issue, and I really liked that one. So I was like, oh, this is a limited series. This is gonna come out and trade. So I waited for the trade picked it up, and it really is just kind of a spotlight. If you know the Transformers from IDW, they do something called spotlights, and this is pretty much kind of a spotlight for the G.I. Joe figures uh, and Cobra figures, and it just talks about maybe their mindset or why they're doing something or why, why they chose this path, and it just kind of gives them a little bit more into the character rather than adding storyline because you don't have to worry about like if is this canon is this what this guy's talking about canon now it just gives you kind of a a into their mind into why they're doing this kind of thing their motivations yes their hearts and minds
1: so when this book came out last year yes yeah
4: okay so when
0: did
1: the trade come out
0: i want to say maybe two months ago maybe a couple couple months ago
1: yeah yeah Okay, because I have to say it's got to be recently since it's still in hardcover. Yes. So I take it. Did you guys pretty much read it as it came out? Yeah, we actually. Did you guys get
0: the yeah, we actually it? covered it on our show issue by issue as it came out. So
1: nice. And of course, Kathy got interested in this book from E Triple C, right?
2: Right, right. Uh, Max Brooks was there doing his zombie talk, and he mentioned that he had. Written this book, uh, so I went to his table afterwards and you know, looked at him quizzically, <laughs> saying, "I have I haven't been into GI Joe. Should I read this?" And he said, "Yes." But you know what else was he going to say? So uh, <laughs> he signed it for me to get to know the Joes, and that really is uh, what it did. Um, so I, I kind of know these characters now, and uh, you know I'd seen a few episodes on TV while I was growing up, but I really uh, didn't know um, who they were. So, uh, yeah, uh, I enjoyed the book quite a lot. So what did you think, Chris?
1: Well, uh, basically, I didn't know anything about the book. I didn't even know it existed. I don't really follow G.I. Joe. I mean, I never even saw whatever that movie was that said it's, it was G.I. Joe, but apparently it wasn't.
0: Yeah, that, you didn't <laughs> need to see that one.
1: <laughs> but you guys said it was awesome, so I took your word for it, and I agree it was so, um it was a definitely a very interesting read. I'm just disappointed in myself that I didn't read it all at once. But uh just a quick we'll go around and I just want to hear what everyone's favorite not issue because there was two stories in issue, but everyone's favorite story was. I'll say mine for last. Um uh, let's let's start with Kathy again.
2: <laughs> oh Thanks for all the warnings. I could page through
1: and <laughs> find something. Come on, these are these, are, these are like obvious questions. Come on, now we haven't gotten into the meat of um, it yet. <laughs> I know.
2: I, I think I really like the Firefly issue the most, um, just because uh, well, what he kept just saying was um, the the more complicated the machine, the more flaws can be found, and I mean not that I'm a, not that I would ever do what he's doing, but, um, just with my background in software and databases and technology, it's like, yeah, the more complicated it is, the more easily it's going to fall apart. And the more, you know, the more intricate it is, the more hackable it is. and Um, not the bad kind of hacking, uh, <laughs> just, you know, the ways to make it work for what you need. Um, so I I think that was my, oh and that one and Tripwire there and I'm closing the books so I don't go and list more because you all know that I have trouble choosing favorites. <laughs> so <laughs> um, yeah, I really like Tripwire because that was a great story too. Mm. So,
1: there you go. I, <laughs> uh, I I had trouble with the Firefly issue. It was great, but the, for the longest time, I didn't. I don't know why I didn't understand what he was doing. And then uh, I kept like I kept reading it there and then i finally got to the last page and i was like oh the gas is in the air and it okay uh just a word of warning i tease this on our show we are going full-on spoilers here don't hold back for spoilers uh people by this point they've had plenty of time to read this book so we have no pity for you guys if you have not read this book yet
2: but if you haven't you know go ahead and skip ahead and then read it and then come back and listen
1: well that's what the pause button is for right (laughs) right Pause the episode, go grab it, and then read it, and then come back and hit play. Yes. All right. right. Let's uh. How about Dr. Quest?
4: Oh, boy. Um, I have to say the Firefly one is the most kind of G.I. Joe-ish kind of story in there. I mean, if you want to see someone doing something you would normally see in a book, like written by Larry Hammer or something, it's definitely the one to go with. Uh, boy, the Joes think about death an awful lot. Uh, you had, you know... Deep Six, and he's thinking of every way he could possibly die, and then you had Tripwire with his, you know, thinking about his dead girlfriend as he's defusing this bomb. Um, That one kind of reminded me of The Hurt Locker, that movie, so if you like The Hurt Locker, you probably like that one. One of the things is seeing Major Blood in, like, regular pants and a shirt is just, (laughs) for someone who grew up with him in, like, his outfit the whole time, seeing him in normal clothes is always kind of weird. I have to say, my favorites is like the Cobra Recruiter was kind of an interesting story, and I like Docs. I thought those two were really good. Nice. Yeah, uh, I speak- like Doc a lot too. Mm-hmm.
1: Speaking of the recruits page, because I'm not, I'm already going to tease that it's not, it's not necessarily my favorite, but it does have my favorite page in the book. Because if you guys will turn in your hymnals to page 109, I'll give you guys a second to. Tur- does anybody, does anybody not have the book on them?
0: <laughs> we we have the issues, but. We'll we'll, okay. we'll figure out where you're talking about.
1: It's in the recruits one, uh, right at the beginning of the green text. We're in Crenshaw. Uh huh. Right there at the top. Bam! My name in the comic book. See? <laughs> I'm right here. I am that awesome. <laughs> I was just flipping through, and it just made me giggle. <laughs> All right. I'll send it's funny it, how
2: long it took me to, to get that. I'm like, what does he think is so cool on this page? What there's is like it? these gangbangers. What is he thinking used to be one?
1: What? Okay. By, maybe I should have said by page, maybe I meant like quarter panel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I'll send it over to Ryan and Chuck. What was your guys' favorite uh, story? Chuck, why don't
3: you go ahead? Okay. Uh yeah, uh Chuck Star Joe's here. My favorite one was actually uh, Major Blood. Uh, just because the character, like Doctor Quest said, it's it's something you don't normally see of the character. Who's a mercenary? He comes home to the you know the wife and the kids after a hard day of killing people. So that was really good. Um, I also like the Cobra Interrogator uh, story here, and that one is was an issue three with the Deep Six. Uh, so many ways to get information and extract it from the captures and he goes over all the different ways he can torture and make the you know the prisoner talk and he just just breaks them down individually and so much uh psychologically he can do with each character it it just i I really enjoyed that story both of them were cobra stories so
0: chuck like chuck likes the villains i I tend to like the bad guys more um i'm more of a hero uh person but and Chuck's also a simple guy. He's, he, you know, I like this and here's why I like it. I'm a lot more complicated and you'll find out. That That's, true. In, in That's about, true. in about two seconds because probably like Kathy, I have a hard time picking out one. I love the Firefly one because of the complex. I love how he ties it into the complex machines and really, and then he reveals that the most complex machine is man. And so man has the most flaws. So I thought that was awesome. I love the spirit issue. Where the spirit storyline, where you know he's this tracker, he's this great tracker, and now you find out it's because he actually has overcome like this disorder. So that was really yeah. cool to find out. Now the character and the story I could identify the most with, as far as somebody that I feel is most like myself, is the Deep Six storyline because he's traveling down in the water and he's thinking of every possible way he could die, so this way he's prepared to not die that way. And that's kind of how I am in my life where I think of multiple scenarios of how if I do this, what could happen? And I live like that every day. So this way, I'm like one of my mottos in my life is to be hope for the best and prepare for the worst. So the deep six story was something I could personally identify with.
1: Nice. I'd have to say I'm somewhat like that, except for instead of like figuring things out and dealing with it it's me stressing about how things possibly could go (laughs) and in essence nothing going the way i want it to but uh i'm gonna go with uh, with chuck here and say that the major blood story was my favorite Um, it was the first one and it was just i i liked it because obviously you know you you can yeah he's a really bad guy and what he's doing is wrong but then you find out like why he's doing it. He's just trying to support his family. And I'm like, I kind of sympathize with them a little bit, you know, cause it's just like, yeah, I would do pretty much anything just to, you know, make sure that, uh, I didn't turn out like a deadbeat and not being able to support my family and all that. So I don't, I mean, I know it's not to that extent, but at the same time, it's just like, uh, you know, most people are black and white. He kind of falls in the gray a little bit.
2: Yeah. I really like that about the whole book that it showed each character as a fully rounded character, a fully developed character rather mm-hmm. than just, these are the good guys and these are the bad guys. Um, and, and to see it come to that depth of character development when the whole beginning of GI Joe was just, we'll make a cartoon. So we sell our action figures. Um, you know, it's just a Cartoon about a piece of plastic, you know, and here we here we have fully developed um, characters here, so um I really appreciated that aspect of the book
1: All right um, at this point, by the way, I'm just gonna throw just throw some stuff out there, and you guys feel free to respond wherever okay um but personally, I thought that the villain stories were just so much more. Like everything was good and everything was well written, but I felt like the villain stories were that much more, uh, in depth and well written. And I, I got to think about why. And as like, I don't typically favor bad people, bad guys and comic books and that sort of thing, but I think it's because the hero stories, you see a lot of them being very heroic and it's kind of stuff that you would normally see or expect them to be. But for the villains, there's always the villain stories, each one of them had that kind of, uh, that uh just one piece of their personality that made you kind of go, huh, and kind of connect with them on some level, maybe a twisted level, but still just on some level that made you, like, really think about their actions. See, I almost, I almost like,
0: felt the opposite of that because I felt like, especially with a couple of the hero stories, it made me all of a sudden go, wow, that's that character's a lot deeper than I thought. Like the Tripwire story where he's defusing the bomb, and all of a sudden you realize that here, this character, like he seems all calm, cool, and collective, but he has a death wish. I mean, he wants to die, or he thinks about him himself dying so that he could be with his, I don't know if it was his girlfriend yeah. or whatever that, that had died before. And he doesn't really care if he survives the blast. He doesn't really care if he ends up defusing it. He's going to do his job to try to save other people. But if he ends up dying in the end, he's okay with that. And I'm, and, but he never lets that on to anybody else, and I found that amazing. The spirit issue, one of the reasons I liked that one was because, again, you got this character who you really get into his mind. He's just a tracker to the rest of the Joes, but in his mind, he's dealing with this disorder, and he's having to overcome it, and you find out the history that not only is he having to deal with racist views of him being a Native American, but he's also having to deal with this disorder of not being able to focus and not being able to, to localize on one thing like like a normal person would be able to do. Uh, you got Deep Six who, like I said, he's obsessing about every possible way he could die, and really all he's doing is a simple task. He's going, he's diving deep, he's taking out Cobra agents, and he's coming back up. It's kind of simple until you realize that every step along the way he's obsessing about something. Uh, the only one I was disappointed with was the blowtorch one. I really didn't feel like.
4: Uh, oh yeah, that was horrible. Yeah,
0: and it was not a way good yeah. way to end it at all. So.
4: No. But yeah. but in
0: that
3: same issue, you had the the Cobra Legions, the Cobra Troops, the Faceless Legion, where I, I really like that, that one, and I agree with you, Chris, on that. Where they're just you know nameless characters, but each one of them has their own individual story of why they joined. You know, for desperation, vengeance, poverty, boredom and they're they're all trained but then they all end up being being cobra and it, they all go for different reasons but they're all they're all the same now
1: right i honestly thought that was going to be the end of the issue, the end of the book and so i got to it and then i was like oh i still got pages left but i i think that should have been they should have kind of flipped those stories i agree i agree i, think I did like
4: book- uh, i did like barbecue's design in the book you know i liked the way it looked but i didn't like anything Written in there, I was like, "Well, he's got a nice outfit on, you know. I like his design and the way they drew him, but I did not like the story. That it didn't seem like it even needed him to exist. They could have told this story without even him being in there, almost." Yeah. Now, By I,
2: barbecue? You mean blowtorch? Blow yeah.
4: Sorry. <laughs> okay. So there are two guys in the Joe universe, very much similar.
2: Okay.
0: Now, so. now the one issue, like I like said, we read it in issues, and the one issue I thought worked the best as far as showing the good side and the bad side, was the doc issue, the doc with Dr. Mindbender. That was all one issue. And you got to see both people basically following similar paths, but you could not be more black and white with the two characters. Like, one doesn't – wants to save people because he doesn't view himself as a god. He views himself as a way of of holding off death. And then you have Dr. Mindbender who – thinks of himself nothing but less than a god so it's you know or he thinks of himself as a god and nothing less than that so i thought that issue itself worked really well because you really got to see this is the joe side this is the cobra side
2: oh yeah that would have been a very interesting issue to read by itself um because i i totally missed that contrast in reading it as a whole book
1: yeah yeah, I agree. I felt that. I, when you started talking about it, and then when you mentioned who it was, I was like, oh, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. But then, yeah, when like Kathy, when I was actually reading it, I didn't necessarily get that. Um I will have to say, though, I was really surprised how the doc issue ended with the girl dying, because uh, I thought that, you know, the way they were building him up is just such an awesome kind of doctor, and then it was a really big downer note, mm-hmm. and then he has to face this kid who he promised that she was going to be all right. Right. And now this guy, the kid probably thinks he's the bad guy now.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I but. I think that's the way it had to go though, because it, that's what happens. Heroes don't always succeed.
1: I know. Like I, it um. makes sense story-wise, but it was somewhat depressing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's I mean, still sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it was more powerful that you know, he recognizes that he can't always succeed he, he has to believe all the way through that he is going to succeed um so that he does his very best but yeah,
0: if if anything i feel like for that one it helped doc realize even more that i'm just a man and if someone dies it humbles me whereas with dr mindbender when someone dies it's reinforcing his power as a god that i can take yeah. life and i can give life but for doc by himself when he loses a life it it humanizes him that much more mm-hmm. yeah i would agree with that
1: it's almost like the narration is him saying it after the fact to kind of uh re to i don't know got to lift his spirits and the fact that you know i have to admit that i can't uh be in i can't control everything that i'm not a god i am only a human right what did you guys all think of the art in the book I was just about to bring that up. Did oh, okay. Max Brooks draw this as well? No. 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 Okay. There were, I didn't pay attention. Yeah,
0: there was actually two different artists for every Okay. and again this this might not come across as clear in the trade, but the artist for all all of the Cobra characters was Howard Chakin and the artist for all of the G.I. Joe characters was Antonio Fuso.
1: Oh, I totally see that now now that I'm flipping through it. Okay there were three different
2: people doing the colors, two different yeah. people doing letters.
1: Um I really like the the guy that did the Joes, but the guy that did the Cobra, especially if they were clean like if the the characters were clean shaven. Um sometimes some of the characters I couldn't tell the diff- like they're I I was like is that so and so character that we saw before because it kind of sort of looks like him. I don't know if that's just me and my unfamiliarity with uh, GI Joe and the characters, but some of the people started. Some of the kind of the standard white males would kind of run together to me for the Cobras.
0: Yeah, I would. I would agree. I am personally not a fan of Howard Chakin art. Now, if you see some of his early days stuff that he's done in other comics, he didn't really necessarily. I would say he didn't necessarily develop his own personal style. So it it looked good because it looked like your typical. Uh, comic book art, but in recent years he's developed this style that he uses now. And I personally am just not a fan. I feel like it, all of his people look like they're built with balloons or something like that because they look just—they all look puffy. Kind of they, the same, yeah. they all kind of look the same. Um, I'm not a fan, really, a fan of the art for him at all. Now the art for Antonio Fuso, I absolutely love, and he actually does the art for the comic book series GI Joe Cobra that just ended its run, and they're about to start another series just called Cobra, not G.I. Joe Cobra, but just Cobra. And Antonio Fuso is supposed to be the artist for that as well. And I just, I mean, there's parts, there's times where his art even gets a little crazy, but I really like, I like the style overall. Yeah, I would agree. I, I would like I like Fuso better than Chaikin myself. It's just
1: prettier. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, Chris, any other art, any more comments on the art?
4: Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that balloon type. It kind of reminds me of, like, Humberto Romero's, uh, the stuff he did on Spider-Man, or Peter Parker back in the day, where every character just had, like, round, puffy cheeks like they were kids, even though they were adults. Kind of just smoothed everything out. It just looks a little weird, almost glossy. But I definitely love um the Cobra books. But, yeah, some some can go overboard on some of those pages. I was like, enough with kind of, like, that spattered look that sometimes they draw in. It, that's why I'm not a huge fan of Walking Dead. But, I don't know. I like it, though. You
1: watch what you say about the Walking Dead.
4: I'm art <laughs> style. I'm not a fan. I love the writing on it. I'll say that. But uh, We gotta
3: fight. We gotta fight.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what
4: about you, I Kathy? Will, I
1: will smack you aside the head yeah. with my Alright, time opinion. out, sir. Time
4: out. <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm um, going to take a breath. <laughs> I mean aside from the people um I I do Yeah. You know, I I'm, I'm trying to come up with something to add to what you all have said because I really agree with everything that you said um but aside from the people for the cobra artist um if you look at 85 through 86 in the mindbender issue um just the the way that he tr- treats um this older he's doing drawings of stuff in the past looks like 1920s maybe um I really like the art stuff with those pages the way he works with paper I'm sorry with fire and paper in there um so there are definite um there's definitely a lot of great art throughout this book and uh I I do agree I like the people better It, it reminds me a bit of um hellboy (laughs) um of that kind of art uh on the gi joe side um just with the thick lines a lot more colors than um than in hellboy but uh very good so uh yeah the end of the um what's his name oh firefly the end of firefly it shows two panels with him sitting at a at a table in a cafe, and that's kind of an interesting contrast uh, between those two pages, um, showing him as just a regular guy and then as Cobra. Right.
3: Now, if I can just interrupt here, Kathy, I'm sorry about that, but uh, I wanted to point out one thing, too. In, in G.I. Joe continuity, Firefly is actually a Caucasian, and in this book he was, he was depicted as an African-American. So I don't that know if any people caught on to that or not.
2: I certainly didn't because I don't know the history. Right. uh,
3: In in the cartoons and the comics, the character Firefly was always a Caucasian male. And in this comic book, he's just depicted as an African-American.
0: And I'm kind of curious, like, if that was a choice by the editors or if that was a choice by the artist, or if that was a choice by Max Brooks. And I'd be curious to find out, like, was there a reason why you wanted to change the character? Like, did you feel like for what his mission is, maybe he would blend in or people might... You know, not to you know, not to throw a stereotype, but you know, maybe people wouldn't notice you know, which works notice him because he's African American, which works in his favor as a saboteur, like that he just kind of blends in with everyone else in the city. Like I don't, I don't know, I don't know what the you know, if there was a, I'd love to know if there was like just a Uh, reason uh, for it, or they they just just goofed, or who knows? Yeah, or if they just didn't know.
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it doesn't make a, it doesn't make a lot of sense to to change his race. Um, it doesn't fit the story for me. Right. And if they were, if they were changing race, then, uh, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't include any female characters too. You know, if the the mission was to balance things, um,
0: and there's plenty of, where are the women? (laughs) Yeah. And there's plenty of strong female characters in GI Joe and Cobra. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious if there, you know, why they I'd be curious to hear also like why they chose these characters.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And if you notice the page where he's sitting with his uh, in the diner with his feet up as the you know guy without the suit on and the guy with the Cobra suit on, this is how he was always depicted in the comic books and cartoons with the, the mask on and you can only see the eyes around. So, I mean, technically you don't really see a lot of skin tone on his character anyway, except around his eyes.
0: I like the difference mm-hmm. between the two panels there too. You got the oh, yeah, the definitely. one where he's got just a regular cup, and then his cobra logo. The cobra, 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 cobra logo is yeah. on the coffee cup when he's dressed up as as Firefly. Right, that's one of my favorite
1: pages in the whole book. But he, I just think it's funny. He's sitting in a diner with a cobra yeah. logo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, I was I was flipping through the pages though because I was curious if you take if if you say that he's Caucasian and then you flip through the pages. Then you realize that most of the characters in this book are white. Right. I don't know if there was maybe just he wanted to mix things up a little bit to just so more it. people could relate. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, if you take out him and make him white, then the only two – then you have uh, one or two of the recruits. But then other than that, you have Doc and you have Spirit, and that's it. Everybody else is white. Yeah. So I don't know if that plays a part in it at all, but it would be kind of interesting to find out.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of amazing. Like I said, I'd be kind of curious to find out, like, why did they choose these characters? Because if they, and again, if they were going for diversity, G.I. Joe is extremely diverse. As far, I mean, yes, there's a lot of white characters, but there's a lot of other ethnicities. There is a lot of female characters. So it's like, was, why did, you know, I assume maybe Max Brooks chose the characters that he wanted to do. Maybe they're just favorite characters of his. They could be just favorite characters of his when he was a kid growing up. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, I'd be kind of curious. Like, okay, why? Because some of the characters are very strong, well-known G.I. Joe characters. Like, you got Spirit. You have Firefly. You have Doc. But then you have, and Dr. Mindbender. But then you have characters like Blowtorch and just Grunts and uh, even Tripwire. I don't think it's like. He's a lesser character. He's a lesser character. So it's like. I'm just curious, like, why these characters were chosen. Was, was it just that these could be the best ones I could tell really great stories with? Or, right. they were like Chuck was saying, maybe they were just favorites of his when he was growing up. And you notice there weren't too many main characters like Duke or Flynn on a Joe side. Right. Or,
3: or Snake Eyes. Yeah. Snake Eyes, Scarlet. Yeah. Or on a Cobra side, you didn't have Cobra Commander, Destro, the Baroness. Right. So you didn't have the main players, but you had some, some good B-list, C-list characters. Yeah.
4: Well, I'm glad they didn't pick those, because I'm tired of reading about Storm Shadow, Snake Eyes, Baroness, Destro. I agree with that. Duke, Flint, Roadblock, and Shipwreck or something. Zartan, I I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, Zartan. Oh, he's like the Wolverine of the Joe comics. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So I'm glad they picked these kind of, like, mid-level, mid-tier characters, you know, and then go for those, like... Oh, great. This guy, even though he's in his own series, the ongoing series, now he's going to have another book, you know, so I'm glad they picked these mid-level popularity guys. I'm going to actually say that I
1: disagree. I almost wish there had been more familiar people because, like I said, as a newcomer coming into this, there were a few, there are a few names that I had heard about before and I was hoping that maybe there would be something that was a little bit familiar in here, but yet there wasn't, they decided to go with completely unknowns. I mean, that works to the sense that I'm new, I'm introduced to new people. Um, but at the same time, one or two stories against someone that I had actually heard about before might have may- helped out the book. I mean, the book was great, but it would have just been a l- made it a little bit more relatable for me. Um, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, I can see your, I, I can see I- your point on that as a newcomer, not knowing that much of the continuity, but. Uh, like I, I agree too. It's it's also nice to get a good flavor and a good mix of characters that's not really well written about or not really well known in the GI Joe universe as being characters in almost every book.
2: So I have to admit that I didn't have that problem because you know, my my background was with watching a few of the cartoons, and I I admit that when I you know. Every time I saw those cartoons, <laughs> I'm sitting there going, "So which one's Joe?"
1: Uh, so, <laughs> um,
2: there was a Joe. So, yeah, one I didn't
0: time, know it, it's a common question. There, there was a, there was a Joe that started it all. Yeah.
3: So his name was uh, Joseph Colton. No. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> okay.
0: You're toying with us.
3: No, <laughs> stop it. <seriously. laughs>
0: Look it up.
1: Not making it up.
0: The original, right. the original okay. Joe was Wikipedia. Colton.
1: I am Wikipediaing this right now because that is the source of all All right, We gotta go, here. okay? Uh, <laughs> like,
2: Thanks, oh, brother.
4: No, um, Look it up. Interesting. So this would be more for the Star Joe guys. Uh, who would you like to see in like the next series they bring out? Like what characters? What knowledge do you have another of another series? Well, like <laughs> well, in the back have... of this trade, you know, it talks about that. Oh, that would be yeah. great. I,
3: I would definitely buy another.
4: You um, know, the Cobra Wars. The, what if the, that's the, more spotlighting? You you know what I would actually
0: like, um, this is just me personally, but it kind of ties into what uh, Kathy was mentioning is I would mind an entire one done on just the female characters. Like I think that'd mm-hmm. be kind of interesting take.
3: That, um, that's kind of weird because I was thinking that they do just a Cobra guys of just the Dreadnoughts. Oh, that'd be cool from yeah. Zartan's group of how they they
0: came to be in Zartan's you know commander his legion. And and since you guys don't have as much knowledge on the Joe. Joes and everything else, Zartan and the Dreadnoks are basically a group of mercenaries Cobra hires. that are hired by Cobra. So they really, they even though they side with Cobra on a lot of stuff, it's because Cobra pays them the, the most money to do the dirty jobs. So basically, they're technically not Joes or Cobras. They're kind of their own entity. So it'd be kind of interesting to see something done with just them.
2: Okay, hmm. It's sounding like something like Secret Six to me. Yeah.
4: Yes. Uh,
0: it's
2: very. Simple. Okay.
4: Yeah. You just want to see that Zorana issue. I do. That'd be great. <laughs> I will
1: have to say that I'd like to see uh, Cobra Commander taken, kind of like this.
0: Yeah. Just to see, I, they did do a uh, Cobra Commander origin because there's almost never there's almost never been an origin to Cobra Commander. It's got like
3: five or six origins. Well, yeah. But
0: He's I mean, like, like the Joker. But yeah. like a definitive origin, let me say. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah, exactly. Like Chris was just saying, it's kind of like the Joker. There's all these different origins of who he originally was. The origin I liked that they did, I think it was in the G.I. Joe Reloaded series, was where he was a used car salesman who was down on his luck, mm-hmm. lost his job, and decided to blame the government for it. So he started his own organization, this underground group, and it became Cobra, this big terrorist organization. And I was like, that's kind of funny. That That's pretty wicked. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the used car remind salesman me also not,
0: becomes the biggest.
1: Remind thing me ever. not to piss off my used car salesman,
4: guys. See, <laughs> one, one
3: man can change the world.
4: You guys don't like the G.I. Joe movie? Uh, no. The no. whole Cobra Law origin? No. <laughs>
0: that never happened. <laughs>
4: that never happened.
0: Just to let you guys, uh, Chris and Kathy, let you know. Don't there, tell them. It's there, it's was, there was an origin that there was this race of beings before man came around, and they were one with nature, and they were kind of like insect-type people uh, and lizards and all this type of stuff, but they were like humanoids, and that when man came about, they learned man learned technology, and that chased the rest of these insect people away. Underground. Underground. To infiltrate them, they sent one of their best people out, one of their greatest scientists out to take over the world, basically, and, and restore it back. Get it back from man. Get it back from man. And who they sent out was Cobra Commander, who kept himself hidden by wearing the mask and everything that he wears. But he failed. And he failed miserably. And, so there, and they were known as Cobra Law instead of just coping.
1: Is that really is that the movie? That's yes, the movie. Yeah, that's the movie. Oh my gosh, no wonder people said it. Yeah, don't watch that
4: sounds me. terrible. Don't watch. Well, that's the cartoon movie. That's the cartoon one. Yeah, that's yeah. the Oh, I thought that, movie was... that came out That's Don Johnson. Yeah, yeah that yeah. I still that still sounds terrible oh, to me. It is. It is.
3: <laughs> now the The Rise of Cobra movie, he's actually the brother-in-law to Duke who is getting ready to marry the Baroness.
0: So, yeah, that's bad, too. It gets very yeah. convoluted also. But.
1: Wow. Oh, by the way, uh, General Joseph B. Colton, the original G.I. Joe, is a fictional character from G.I. Joe, a real American hero, according to the Wikipedia. Right. Yeah. Oh, he's, right. yeah, he's, fictional.
0: Fictional. <laughs> he's not real. Yeah. yeah, no, he's fictional, but yeah. he's considered the original Joe.
1: Yeah. Right. But I will do have to say the picture they have of him on Wikipedia he looks like J. Jonah Jameson.
3: <laughs> that's, that's a good description.
1: I, I, I saw him and immediately
4: I was like, Parker! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Ryan and Chuck, since people now might, this will be their first taste of Joe, what series or trades would you recommend they read for more G.I. Joe stories? Um, It kind of depends on what they're looking for.
0: If they like... 80s style type stuff where there was a, you know, comics back in the 80s were very uh, narrative driven. There's a lot of writing involved. <laughs> then I would go back. There's uh, G.I. Joe Classics num- Volume 1, which was done by Marvel. And that was an entire series that went up to issue number 155. And they just recently relaunched that series and picked it up with a free comic book day issue that was 155 and a half. Uh, Last year, a real American hero, it's called it's just called G.I. Joe, a real American hero. So if you want something that's really long term and something that did originate in the 80s, I would say go to classic G.I. Joe. Now, if you just want to if you're just jumping on and you just want something that's a good read, I would highly, highly recommend G.I. Joe Cobra Volume One, which Hmm. introduces a character named Chuckles, who was a less again like this story was a lesser known character or a C list character, but they turned him into this A list character in this series called GI Joe Cobra. Um, they since they did a four issue mini and then it was so critically acclaimed, they decided to do a whole series called GI Joe Cobra Volume Two. That lasted for thirteen issues and the only reason it lasted 13 and it just recently finished the only reason that it only lasted 13 issues is because they just did a complete relaunch of all the GI Joe titles starting them from number 1 again and that title is going to be now known as just Cobra it's not going to be GI Joe Cobra anymore but they're still following the storyline that they've been that they set up but yeah if you just want a really good read pick up GI Joe Cobra Volume One. It's a four-issue story. You can get it in trade, and it actually comes with the GI Joe Cobra Special Number One in that trade, and it's it's really cool.
1: Well, you mean I shouldn't be reading GI Joe versus Transformers?
0: Um, if you like cross genres <laughs> and you like Transformers, yeah, you sure. like Transformers, sure. <laughs> Realizing that again, that's going to be it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little bit more hokey and out of continuity, and it's going to be out of continuity, yeah.
1: Right now, isn't there um, an isn't there a currently a storyline for GI Joe that's uh GI Joe infestation?
0: Yeah, don't read that. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> not good. It's it's horrible. Uh we did cover it on the show. That is IDW's <laughs> epic fail. Yeah. What the idea behind it was what everyone thought it was going to be is they thought it was going to be uh a crossover of four properties, GI Joe, Transformers, Ghostbusters and Star Trek. Right. And what people thought was going to happen was that this there was going to be this big story where all these characters end up crossing dimensions and fighting zombies. Again, zombies are coming into play. And they thought that you were going to see stuff like Optimus Prime with Snake Eyes and Peter Venkman and maybe Captain Kirk all fighting the zombies together. That's not what
1: happened. Basically, right, they were limited to each it was more of how does each universe deal with zombies? Yes, right,
0: right, and each one ended horribly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not to mention the fact that DC's done it zombie thing with Blackest Night, Marvel's done it zombie thing with Marvel Zombies. We got the Walking Dead. Um, we've kind of over zombied out the whole idea. Yeah,
0: what I would have preferred is if you had like the enemies, like all of a sudden, cross dimensions to work together to take out the good guys, and then the good guys catch on. You know, it might be cliched, but, like, then the, the good guys decide to team up together to take down the bad guys. Like I said, it might be a cliched story, but that would have at least made more sense and gave people more of what they were looking for.
1: Right. Okay.
0: So, yeah, well, avoid uh, infestation at all costs. <laughs> <laughs> True story.
1: Okay, I will. Yeah. Have you guys been reading all of it, or did you read just the G.I.J.? No, well, we read it no, all. No, we
0: read it all, and we are not generally not fans of Star Trek as it is, so the fact that we had to cover a Star Trek uh, book on our show, that pains us. It really hurt.
3: We're actually petitioning IDW for our money back.
1: <laughs> I'm really having to bite my teeth here, because between Chris saying, talking bad about, about Walking Dead, and you guys talking bad about Star Trek, I'm really having to bite my tongue. Well, in the ulti- I'm totally with Chris here on Star Trek.
0: Yeah. <laughs> on, on the ultimate... Um, you know the ultimate debate of Star Wars or Star Trek. I grew up Star Wars my entire life. I, it's not that I hate Star Trek. No, nah, we're on that side of the fence. <laughs> it's not that I hate Star Trek. I'm I'm not interested in Star Trek. Yeah, we're
3: more Star Wars. I yeah, totally couldn't guess that. And that's your totally how I feel here. about
2: Star Wars. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: So and that's fine. You're yeah, there there are people out there that are right, and there are people that are wrong. That's okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I straddle the fence. I enjoy both.
3: Oh, I, yeah. but I enjoy both. I don't my think it's allowed Ampestum. by law. I think you have to
0: pick.
1: <laughs> nope, sorry. You're not going to pick a side?
0: So, now, now, Chris, nope. now, Chris, now, Chris, I will side with you on The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead's awesome. So
1: Yes. Have you seen the series? Oh, yeah. I have. I like the series, too. Yeah,
0: I've seen the series. I love the series. I have the hardbound versions of the comic book series. Um, they have
4: autographed everything. Yeah. yeah,
0: I actually have the first volume of the hardback autographed by Tony Moore. Oh, man. So, so yeah, it. Um, I'm a big fan of that series, and I like it not because of the zombies. I like it because of the characters. The character development is really good in the comic book series, and I think they're doing a pretty good job of that on the, the television series also.
3: Um, right. I, I like the television series. Uh, what was it, six episodes? Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I, I just don't own any of the comic books at all. Yeah.
0: Now, Chris, the other thing that you and I share is uh, I am also a huge Green Lantern fan. So.
1: All right. As, as awesome ever Excited. since
0: ever since i saw him on super friends when i was a little kid i became a <laughs> green lantern fan so well it's better than well, Loplin, he, i guess
4: yeah well he had the most awesome tan on that show right
0: oh, Nice. now as for me as a kid uh i had a huge imagination still do and the idea as a kid that i could get a ring that could make anything i could imagine possible was just amazing Nowadays, it's more of the willpower side of it. I really enjoy the idea that, you know, if you really put all of your energy and all your will into something, you can pretty much accomplish anything.
1: Right. Yeah, more of a Spider-Man kind of guy. Yeah, whenever uh, they bring up that part of the will, and we've totally gone off topic here, but that's completely cool because we're still talking comics. That's okay. It's what we do. (laughs)
4: Yeah. These guys can go off a lot of different directions. Oh, like
1: I don't know anything about going off topic. Did you listen to last night? (laughs) Uh,
4: I was just gonna gonna say
1: the uh, the only thing that I haven't, I wish I had seen more of, is uh, I don't see why they don't have Batman being a Green Lantern more in like an, an alternate universe story. I don't know why we don't see that more.
0: Uh, I know. Well, they had him appear briefly in one of the issues as Green Lantern. And I know they actually did have an Elseworlds story. I want to say it was, I'm trying to remember what it was called. It may have been called Darkest Night or something like that, but it was a night with a K-N-I-G-H-T. Yeah. Where Batman as a Green Lantern was like a prestige format that came out, I want to say in the 90s. All
1: right, I may have to I may have to investigate this. Google so. it.
0: Yeah. yeah. So. Well,
1: there was actually a can't... figure made
0: of that, too. Oh, yeah. There's an action like, mm-hmm, figure yeah. made of that. So, mm-hmm. oh, so
2: to I, to clarify a little bit, I... I do like the Green Lantern as a character. I've always been fascinated with the Green Lantern as a character. I just have not. That's why I've kept tried so many <laughs> different comics.
4: Well, I appreciate I you. I just haven't it.
2: found one written the way that I want to read.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a Guy Gardner fan, so. Ugh. I wow.
1: What was that wow. for? I didn't <laughs> like him.
0: He's probably one of my least favorites, though. Uh. I I was born and bred with Hal, and I love mm-hmm. Hal Rayner, and Kilowog is awesome. So that's probably my top three.
3: And Ryan just gave me a trade or some comic books. So the Secret Origin story, I'm just going to jump on that and read that and familiarize myself with Green Lantern.
1: I started right when they were finishing up Secret Origin. That's when I really started getting into Green Lantern, right before Blackest Night. So I need to go back and read that. I have read Rebirth, though. Rebirth's awesome. awesome. One of my favorite graphic novels ever.
0: I have I have the issues when they came out and I've gotten issue number one and number six both signed by Ethan Van Skyver.
1: Nice. I have the first one. Nice. I found it in uh a, in a, one of the I found it in a bin of of uh back issues and I was like mine. So <laughs> that'll, um, that'll
0: be the next thing I have Chuck Reed if he likes Secret Origins I'll have him, I'll have him read Rebirth. So
1: nice. But back, okay, but guys. Back to GI Joe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <But> I <laughs>
0: back to GI
1: Joe. Ah. Uh, Maybe, I don't know. Is this something,
3: I think, I think like, that's a good. Something uh, like the book itself, Hearts and Minds, here. W- would you actually recommend this to uh, one of your friends who reads books who is really not into G.I. Joe? I would. Okay. Uh,
1: I don't know. Like, if they didn't like G.I. Joe, no. Yeah, if, if they, they were, were just were saying, you know, it's a
3: co worker or a friend situation, you know, hey, uh, you know, I read this book by Matt, Max Brooks and it's pretty good. You're like, oh, yeah, he also did this G.I. Joe story. Maybe you should read that. Right.
2: I would. I mean, it's, even to someone who's a bit skeptical about comics, like, so that they can see that it it really gets into character stories. It's it's um, There's more to it than most people assume that there is.
1: Um, now, yeah, I will it, ditto that. Now,
0: one thing I, w- I would also recommend just checking out, I haven't received my copy of this yet, because uh, it's coming in my next order tomorrow. Um, tomorrow. And uh, it's Max Brooks also... Helped compile a book called uh, *GI Joe: uh, Tales from the Cobra Wars*, and and
1: what that what's on the back. I'm sorry, or, excuse me, uh, the, it's actually advertised on the back of I uh, I don't know if it's in the issues, the back of the uh, the trade paperback. Okay. The last page is *Tales from the Cobra yeah. Wars*,
0: and basically what it is is it's it's a prose book, so it's it's not a comic book. And it's short stories about different characters. They're all written by different authors. Max Brooks does do the editing on all of it, and he does contribute. I think at least one story. He might do more in there. Uh, but it's. I think it's supposed to be pretty similar to this, where you're getting spotlights on different characters.
2: Yeah, I just added it to my Amazon cart. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I hope I did not screw it wrong. So. I may may add it to my card. It depends on what we choose for next month's book. (laughs)
4: Yeah. I definitely think, I mean, it's a fast read. I mean, if you give this someone, it's not going to be bogged down with a lot of contextual stuff where they're going to have to sit there and read through it, which could slow them down. I mean, I breeze through this in in no time. So I definitely would recommend this versus like the G.I. Joe classics or something because that is a lot of writing in the early Marvel stuff. That's a lot of reading they got to go go through but definitely would recommend this to someone just as a you know just if they enjoy any kind of war drama or anything like that if it it's right in like i said the tripwire one reminded me so much of the hurt locker which won all those oscars and stuff yeah. so the market's out there for if they could penetrate that then i'm sure they could convert some people over to the to reading some more joe comics yeah
1: yeah I think the biggest problem with G.I. Joe comics is it has the stigma of licensed properties. Right. Well, there are just a lot of people who are like, eh, okay.
0: And then they miss out. If I want to watch. Yeah. What? And then, they, and then they miss out.
1: Yeah. Well, apparently, I, you guys have definitely shown me how much I'm missing out. And I think I actually have that, uh, G.I. Joe, that .5 issue you said that was free comic book yeah. day. I think I actually have that.
0: Yeah, and that's tied more into the 80s run, so it, it's first. a little bit more um, cheesy. cheesy, it's a little bit more, you know, that 80s campy type writing and everything else, but for someone that's a fan of that, it works out really well. Now, if you want something that's more serious take on G.I. Joe, like I said, the G.I. Joe Cobra uh, series was really good, I especially recommend Volume 1, Volume 2 was awesome also, but you need Volume 1 to get into Volume 2. Um and then there's just the regular idW GI Joe ongoing series, which has been twenty seven issues so yeah, far by Chuck Dixon. and it's by Chuck Dixon and it's drawn by Robert Atkins. and most of it's drawn by Robert Atkins. Some of it, yeah, and it's just an amazing story. Chuck Dixon is an awesome writer, number one as far as comics go in general. And then Robert Atkins art is phenomenal. and I'm not just saying that because we've had him on our show. But <laughs> he's, uh, oh man, yeah, he he is absolutely an incredible artist. And then I think it's uh, Shannon Gallant who does the art yeah, on, the it, on the issues that Robert doesn't, and he's still a very accomplished artist. Oh, yeah, so. yeah,
3: it's, it's a very good, very good story. Um, so if you're not really into the whole you know, G.I. Joe Cobra, which you know, that's a really good story, but if you just want G.I. Joe, G.I. Joe. The, the the new one it's not so
0: campy as the Marvel stuff from the eighties. So. And you don't have to go. You don't have to know hundreds of issues to get into it. it like I said, it only it's only run for twenty seven issues right. so far. But the more you know
3: about the story and the back history of the characters, the more you're going to get out of the book.
4: Now, wasn't Chuck Dixon writing some of the stuff when it was over at Image and Devil Do as well? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he was writing like Birds of Prey and from DC, right? And Nightwing. And Nightwing. And then he went over there to image to work, work on that. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yeah, if you're actually another GI Joe uh book or trade to pick up was from Devil's Due. It's actually was called America's Elite and that was pretty good. Uh there's another one over there with That's Devil's
4: hard to find. I tried looking for some of
3: those. There's another story they did, it's called Reloaded. Yeah. That's actually Reloaded. like a what if one of the GI Joes, the top guys, you know, went bad and turned traitor. Right. Uh, That's like a 14, 14 11-issue, 14-issue miniseries or something like that.
0: That was actually pretty good, too. The amazing thing that you find with a lot of these uh, G.I. Joe books from way back when and even the ones going on now is a lot of the artists and a lot of the writers that you might like in other stories are appearing in these books. So to give you an idea, G.I. Joe Cobra is being written by Christus Gage, and Christus Gage is doing a lot of Marvel stuff uh, right now. So, I mean, he... He's someone that you would really like his writing style, especially if you liked the Max Brooks stories because they're, the depth they go into the characters is very similar.
3: Right, and I believe Robert's right now doing Marvel's Heroes for Hire, right? Right,
0: Heroes for Hire, yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Wow, I wow, I am just blown away by how much G.I. Joe stuff you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: why Dr. Quest had us on. Yeah. That's
1: awesome. yeah. I, I know. I, I see that now. I, I would like to say, though, that uh, just a second ago, when you were talking about the more you know, and automatically, <laughs> I get points for this. That uh, that it, it, that sentence completed in my head with uh, knowing is half the battle. Yeah, that's
0: right. And in fact, our tagline for our show, because we do splice Star Wars and GI Joe together, our tagline for the show is "The Force will be with you because knowing us is half the battle."
4: Nice. I like that. <laughs> Now, what are all the ways they can get a hold of you guys?
0: Uh, you can find us. Our website is uh, StarJoes.com. That has everything there. Uh, our email address is StarJoesPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we even have a phone number where people can call in for voicemails, uh, leave voicemails. It's uh, 440-941-J-O-E-S, Joes. So it's 5637. So 440-941-5637. We're on Twitter, it's at Star Joe's Podcast. We and then we're on the comic forums uh, where people can basically uh, talk on different threads, and we're on there every day responding to yeah, stuff people say. Us, yeah. So we're on That's the
4: easiest way to get to you guys, yeah. I'll just oh, yeah, say that. It's yeah. like, the forums is the way. Yeah, yeah. And we're on Facebook, we're and on Facebook, we're on, uh, you yeah. could
0: leave an iTunes review, that would be great. But yeah, I mean, we're not hard to find. Yeah, we basically have tried to branch out to any possible way someone feels comfortable to reach out to us. Twitter, I check each day. I don't, I'm not constantly on there. I don't have a smartphone, so I'm not on there every single uh, every single minute. But I I do check Twitter every day. I check our email every day, and then but on the forums, I'm able to access that every minute of every day. So I'm always popping in there just to kind of see what people are talking about. Right
1: don't get a smartphone it's a drug (laughs) it's a
0: drug (laughs) my my wife has one it's like uh and i feel like that's sufficient for me is that she has one so
4: (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) all right well chris how can people get in touch with you because you are just about as knowledgeable in comics if not more well, definitely more than me and kathy put together
4: well if they shine the bat signal up no um Basically, I'm on Twitter, so that's Twitter.com slash D-R-Q-U-E-S-T, Dr. Quest. Uh, I will have probably a podcast eventually. We've been debating it with my fiancé. We know so many podcasters, and they've been pushing us to get our own, so we'll probably join in the fray eventually. But uh, that's pretty much the only—and I'm on the comics forums, too, over in the Store Joes or Comic Geek Speak area usually where you can get a hold of me there as well. And every time you guys broadcast, I'm in the chat room at the OCD cast. So yes. mm -hmm. And for uh, me and Kathy, you can find
1: me at Chris the Prof. Kathy is at Kathy G underscore Psy. Our podcast is Obsessive Comics Disorder. We record every Tuesday night in front of a live audience uh, via Ustream. But you don't have to go to Ustream. All you got to do is go to ocdcast.com slash live. It's a uh, 10 PM Easter time. And just because we've had so much trouble with time zones here, I'm going to convert that for you guys. So that would be nine central, <laughs> eight mountain and seven, uh, Pacific. Pacific. Right. <laughs> I had a, I had a brain freeze. Couldn't remember what the. Pacific time zone-wise. It's okay. I
2: always forget about mountain time, which uh,
1: <laughs> hurts the conversion. <laughs> but then again, according to Scott Johnson, that's the only time zone that matters. I know. Really? But uh, I thought the world ran <laughs> on East Coast time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Who knew?
1: <laughs> as far as my
3: world does. But thanks, you guys. Yeah, it's been a lot Those of fun. Gentlemen. Thank you very much. I had a ball.
0: Yeah, we, oh,
1: it was we very, had a great time, too. Yeah, we
0: appreciate
3: Yes, it was
1: awesome time, huh? having you two. Ryan and Chuck, thank you so much for coming on the show. Chris, always a pleasure mm-hmm. having right. you on the show. Yeah, and thank you Any for time.
2: recommending uh, Heaven's yes. Dragons here with us. It was a great idea.
1: And I believe that this whole thing was your idea to begin with. The whole book was your suggestion.
4: Yeah, the what book was my suggestion. Yeah, the book was yes. Kathy's suggestion. <laughs> okay. And then I, I was them, just like, yes, do that really one. Weird. I liked it. So oh, okay. <laughs> I had already read it. That's why I was all in favor for it. It's like Ken. a book I don't have to go. Yeah. I knew it was one of you, and I had a 50-50 chance,
1: but I blew it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I thought Chuck recommended it, but
1: yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then off I can't not forget that Kathy, thank you once again for coming here with me. We would not have made it this many episodes if I didn't enjoy, uh, talking with you every week on comics.
2: Oh, great. Well, thank you. I, I'm so glad to have you on the show. It's,
1: uh, I've really enjoyed it. So thank you all for listening. Uh, I already said thank you to everyone here and, uh, We'll see you both next week, hopefully, at our show and hopefully on, your, on Ryan and Chuck's show as well. Check that out. I'm, I'm going to go download an episode right now. So Sweet. we'll see you guys next week. All right,
0: guys. So that was our episode with OCD. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I know we covered Hearts and Minds earlier. Uh, I think it was like sometime early last year, but it was nice to get another perspective, especially from some people. Just to let you know, Chris and Kathy are just coming into comics. Uh, I don't know if I believe they read them in the past, but they've only really started getting into comics again the last couple years, if they ever did before. I, I can't recall it was nice to get their perspective especially nice to get Kathy's perspective who probably normally would have no interest in something like that's called G.I. Joe kind of shows the female perspective that hey this is a good quality book even if you're not someone that's interested in G.I. Joe itself and it might actually bring somebody into G.I. Joe that never thought they were interested in G.I. Joe before so I know we have Mike Myers from DC Noise He's just now really getting into GI Joe. He knew what it was before, you know, growing up, but he never really watched much of the cartoon. Uh, he never really read the comics. Didn't really collect a whole lot of the toys or anything like that. But he's getting into GI Joe now, and he's really enjoying it. So it just shows you—you you can. It, you're never too old. It's never too late to jump in and kind of see what's going on in that world. So, as it is with any of our properties. The only thing I wanted to mention to you guys, just because we've already gave our information in their episode, so I don't want to give you all our contact information again, but I realize I never told you at the beginning of the episode that half hour that we recorded that I mentioned that we ended up having to cut short, that's not going away. We What you will do is you you will actually hear that plus the rest of what we were going to cover in that episode in episode number 26. So that number, episode number 26 will be a regular issues. We'll cover all the Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Transformers issues and complete infestation, thank God. When episode 26 comes out, we will cover all that with you. And in May, it looks like we're not going to wait any longer for the Thundercats action figures to come out. Chuck and I decided, you know what, there's plenty of Thundercats stuff to cover so, in May, we will do a Thundercats Spotlight, and we will cover the Wildstorm series that came out, the first mini mini-series that came out, started with issue number zero and went through, I believe, issue number six, and we'll also talk about the first few episodes of the cartoon, the original toys that came out, and really delve into Thundercats 100%, and then we have other spotlights, uh, special spotlights planned throughout the year. I know that I guaranteed a couple for you guys and we're still going to do them so we're still going to do a mask episode later this year and we're still going to do a voltron episode later this year we have a couple other ideas of some other spotlights we're going to do i know we're going to cover another masters of the universe at some point this year and we of course will have a couple movie commentaries so it's going to be a jam-packed year we have a lot of it already planned out there might be some space for one or two other spotlights that we didn't plan ahead of time for but we will be happy to produce even more episodes for you guys. We have no problem doing more episodes than we pl- what we planned for. So look forward to the Thundercats in May. Look forward to the contest information on episode 25. And with that, I'll go ahead and close by saying the Force will be with you because knowing us is half the battle.
4: A wonderful document came into being. It was called the Magna Carta.
2: It was the first big step in recognizing that all people were created equal. But even though more laws have been passed to guarantee that, there are still those who try to keep others from being free.
4: Fortunately, Queen Samana realized in time that only by working together could her city be saved. And that's the way it should be. Together.
1: Right? Right.